Hey, and welcome once again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. Today we are in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And uh, man, I've got some buzzwords for you today. I got some words that will make your uh, your blood start flowing. Uh, today we're going to look at words like uh, the Antichrist. We're going to look at the, the Restrainer. I want you to think about things like spiritual warfare and the the heavenly realm and this cosmic battle. I want you to think about the end times. This is, these are the kind of uh, words and the kind of topics that can really get us uh, kind of heated and, and kind of nervous, kind of fearful. But with that, I, the Bible's not written to make us fearful. In fact, these words we're going to look at today, they bring some clarity to some of these issues. Now, some of these issues are they're hotly debated, and there's different viewpoints and whatnot. And so in this short devotional format, my goal is not to answer every single question you might have, but I do want to bring you some encouragement. And so that said, let's look at the text, and let's think about some of these, these issues in, in light of uh, this passage and what it means for us today. And so this actually is a text that is talking about the man of lawlessness. This, this is actually talking about the Antichrist and him setting himself up. Now, he is currently under restraint is what we're going to see here. And so if you look at verse 6, it says, And you know that what is restraining him now so that he may be revealed in his time. There is a restraint, at least when Paul wrote this, and I believe even now, there is a restraint on the Antichrist, something something keeping him from being uh, revealed. Now, this is kind of weird because we say, well, was he restrained all the way back then and is he still restrained now? The Antichrist is probably really old. Well, maybe or maybe the Antichrist is someone even Satan doesn't know who it's going to be. And so Satan and his influence over the Antichrist, he's always working in, in whatever ways he can, moving the world timeline forward, and he always has his candidate. The person he is he is propping up, ready to take the role of the Antichrist. And so 100 years ago, it was someone else. And 300 years ago, it was someone else. And today, he might have someone, or might, maybe he even has plan A and, and, and then his second draft choice. I, we don't have absolute clarity into that. But what we do know is that there is a restraint upon this man of lawlessness. Verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Now, Satan's already working to bring this about. There's already this, this battle happening. There's already this conspiracy theory, have, right? Uh, but it's really operational. And, and Satan's just writing, waiting for the restrainer in his removal. It says, only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. Well, who is this restrainer? Who is this restrainer that Satan is waiting for the restrainer to be out of the way? Well, I'm led to believe that this restrainer is the Holy Spirit and this Holy Spirit that dwells inside every believer. If you think about this, there's going to come a moment where the church will be raptured, will be removed from the earth. And in that moment, the restrainer will be out of the way and the door will be wide open for the Antichrist to make his appearance. Continue in the text. It says, uh, sorry about all the, the jumbling movement of the lines. Verse 8. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. 
This is talking about the second coming after the rapture, after the, the, the church is removed. And then when Jesus comes back with a breath of his mouth, he will bring him to nothing by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. Listen, Satan is supernaturally working to bring this about. And when it does come about, there will be supernatural signs and wonders. This will be an obvious uh, supernatural power. It's just not the power of God. There, there, there's, there's two powers in the world. There's the power of God and the power of Satan. And, and Satan has, he has power to do supernatural things. Verse 10, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing. Why? Because they refused to love the truth and to be saved. And that they will receive judgment for their refusal of trusting the truth, trusting in the gospel. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that they may be they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness there's so much to pick apart here but let me let me just let me highlight a few things they are condemned in their unbelief but their unbelief is rooted in their their self selfish desire for pleasure for evil pleasure See, we have all sorts of debates about why people don't believe, but at the end of the day, they don't believe because they, they love their sin more than they love truth. And, and when someone chooses to love their sin, God, he, he allows them to experience this strong delusion. This is why, this is why our minds, those outside of Christ, our minds are, their, their minds are darkened. Their thinking is, Romans 1 says, futile. This, this is the revelation of a heart that's wicked and a mind that's darkened. An, unwilling, uh, an unwillingness to believe results in a further separation from the truth and from the goodness of God. They refuse to love the truth and refuse to be saved. Now, let me bring this together because what this means for us today is you and I who have trusted in Jesus we have the restrainer living in us right now. The Spirit of God dwells in us. And in the very presence of the Spirit of God on this earth restrains evil from going full force, from, from uh, unleashing the full evil plan of Satan. This means that you and I have an incredible advantage. Because the Spirit of God dwells in us, we have a great advantage. Have you ever been around a group of friends and someone swears and then they know you're a believer in Christ and they turn to you and say, oh, oh, I'm sorry? You realize right now, or in that moment, the restrainer is at work. The restrainer is at work holding back evil, bringing conviction even of evil. And, and this reminds us that, that we are those who point to the truth. We are those who live in light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and we are those who we live, whether we realize it or not, in constant spiritual warfare. Because the Spirit of God dwells in us. We are in constant spiritual warfare. This doesn't mean we should run for the hills or hide or, or take up arms or be afraid. Rather, this means we should press forward, sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus with anyone and everyone that will listen because some in fact will believe 
They will turn from their their pleasure in unrighteousness. They will turn and they will love the truth and they will be saved. You know, we can debate about the end times and, and the timeline and the rollout. We can debate about certain nuances of interpretation and how it works. But here's what every one of us will agree on. If we've trusted in Christ, we have the spirit and we have the mission. And the mission is these folks around us that, that are lost. They're lost in their sin and they need the Savior. And so our ancient way for our modern day, it's a call once again to, to be bold in mission, to be bold in the way we engage those who have yet to trust in Jesus. Will you Will you recognize this call upon your life? Will you live in this important mission? Will you walk in this ancient way for our modern day?